This is Stephen Adams. And this is Kevin Dr- oh, sorry. <laughs> Kevin Durant. <laughs> You're Kevin Durant, mate. <laughs> good to see you, mate. Different complexion. Okay, let's go to you. So, this is Stephen Adams. And this is Anna's Cantor. You're listening to the Down to Earth. Down to Dunk podcast. What? Down to, down to Dunk. Down to Dunk. I'll down say that. Dunk. Introduce yourself, mate. Here's Stephen Adams, and I'm Anna's Cantor. And you're listening to Down to Dunk podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Down to Dunk Podcast. This is your host, Andrew Schlecht. And with me, Hot Ham Wednesday, John Ham. What's up, John? Like, is is this the most anticipated podcast day of the week for people? It is. This is, I mean, you are on uh, Fred's show today. Mm-hmm. Um, I am. This is, yep. like, if you just want to hear John's voice, this is your day. Um, are you doing postgame tonight, too? I am not. Oh, no, man. Because- that would have been the trifecta. Well, I mean, I've got to rein it in a little bit, you know. <laughs> oh, but also, on, on on the flip side, um, if you're trying to avoid me at all costs, which you probably should, now you know which podcast to avoid. Just, like, don't even download anything on Wednesdays. <laughs> download it, but then don't listen to it. How about that? <laughs> yeah, download it, just delete it. That's right. <laughs> Nothing good can come of this. Uh, the Thunder played the Mavericks on Monday, which was just an absolutely insane basketball game. The Thunder should have lost that game. They played so terrible. I mean, they were just so bad. Um, and just God bless J.J. Barea for tipping that ball out of bounds and giving the Thunder a chance to, <laughs> to win the game. That was, I mean, I haven't heard people, much people, many people talk about that moment, but that was the play. Because when the Thunder got within that many points, you know that Russ is going to score. Um, but JJ just knocking that ball out of bounds gave the Thunder that window to win, um, which was pretty great. Yeah, and that I mean because the play right before that, Russell Westbrook had taken like a like an angled mid range jump shot that that didn't go in. Mm-hmm. And at that point, so I mean to, to kind of set the scene, um, I'm at Deep Deuce Grill with Jerry Ramsey. We're getting ready for the post game show, and you know we're pretty much we pretty much lined up the narrative for the show, because like you said, they, they were terrible defensively. That second quarter, all copies of it need to be rounded up and burned and never, never viewed by human eyes again. Um, (laughs) There was just so much stuff. And then they mount this comeback. Um, And we, we kind of feel it. I mean, every, you know, like we're outdoors, there's people watching and, you know, um, there's there's this energy that's building up because the Thunder, my gosh, they're you know they were out of this and they might win this thing and then Russ misses that jumper and it's kind of like well that was a good job good effort yeah and yeah. and then yeah then the next play happens um, and so then of course they have to go to replay I said okay well this is going to take 20 minutes I'm going to run to the restroom I'll be right back <laughs> um, and so it, it looked like to me and I know that that was you know uh, some people. It's controversial, as as all these are, but it looked to me like legitimately like J.J. got a fingertip on the ball before it went out of bounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, and it was kind of clear. And the Thunder commentators, obviously, like the whole time, like, that's Thunder ball. That's Thunder ball. But they would say it right. if, if Russell Westbrook, like, hit it with his head <laughs> out of bounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, exactly. So, um, uh, but yeah, and then... And and then drew up the play to go full court to give Russ the entire court to work with. And even though he had Wesley Matthews on him, you know, I don't know. It's just funny because 
we uh, especially the Golden State game. You know, I, I gave Russ some grief because he was giving like Steph Curry way too much room. Wes Matthews probably gave Russ a little too much room. Yeah, and he did it because Russ got ahead of steam, and that's that's why mm-hmm. I love Billy Donovan drawing it up the way he did because they could have inbounded it further up the court, but they decided not to for that purpose. Because when Russ yeah. gets going, I mean, I don't I don't even really know how you guard him. Uh, because yeah. if you're playing him too close, he's just going to get to the rim. If you're playing him too far back, he can stop and hit that jumper. Uh, that, that's yeah. why you want Russ moving. Because if you just pass it in, he's just dribbling the ball, you know, dribbling the clock out. And that's incredibly easy to defend. Uh, but when he's, right. on, when he's on the move, uh, it's impossible. Because he can hit that jumper at full speed, uh, which is mm-hmm. pretty crazy. I don't, I don't know if you've ever tried it. I've tried it a few times. Really bad at it. It's really, really hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out I can't do that at an elite level, That's right. um, or at any level. If only I, yeah, if only I could do that. And oh, I don't know, I ha- you know, a dozen other things at an elite level. Uh, <laughs> Life would be a little different, a <laughs> little bit. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's take some Twitter questions. But before we do that, we are going to uh, talk about our sponsor today, Anchor Down. So I want to talk about. One item. So they're a corn dog restaurant. They have corn dogs and beer, and it's really great. But they also have their chips and dip. They have these house chips that are made there, served with queso and onion dip. It's like the perfect thing to have. You're just going to go sit and watch the game and drink a beer. It's the perfect snack to like have uh, to do something like that. So if you go to Anchor Down, you're like, man, I don't really want to get a meal. I'm not really feeling like a full salad tonight. Um, you can get the <laughs> chips and dip. Because uh, they're really, really delicious, and then always, and then if you're still feeling like I need something sweet, you need to get these gooey strawberry fritters that have vanilla sugar on them because they're to die for. Um, so yeah, go to Anchor Down. Uh, it's not such a nice day outside, but I think that once we get into the playoffs, we'll have nice days and uh, cooler evenings. I think that we should you should go out uh, to Anchor Down to watch the games, be on the patio. We're going to have watch parties there. We're going to have a playoff preview show as well so be looking out for those dates we'll be releasing those soon uh, but go check out anchor down today so let's uh we got a lot of tqs to go through today so uh let's let's try to dig through some of these john okay this one is from this this guy's i'm on the same page as christopher here it trust the void samaj and russ playing together why John, I have no answers. I have a lot of bad stats about Samaj, but if you want to go ahead and see if you can answer why, go for it. I don't know. <laughs> I just I just <laughs> don't know. And like <clears throat> I want to trust the professional basketball coach, you know, the guy who's got um a lifetime of experience coaching basketball mm-hmm. that he knows what he's doing. So <sighs> again, I, I hate to I hate to sound like I'm some kind of uh, authority over Donovan on this. I, I don't get it. I mean, I understand, you know, they, they like Kristen's on ball defense, but like, here's what I mentioned this morning is I, you know, we often talk about Andre Robertson and keep making up the point that his defense is so good that you can live with his offensive limitations. Mm-hmm. I just don't think Kristen's defense is so good that you can live with him cratering the second unit offense playing next to Russell Westbrook, providing what I have no idea. Um, 
I hate I, I hate to pile on the guy, but frankly, I just don't understand why we're at this point in the season and it, not only still relying on him as a primary backup to Russ, but then also playing him alongside Russ. Uh, he's not good. Like that's it's, I think definitively yeah. he's not good, and the numbers back that up. He's four hundred and fifty fifth in RPM. He's a negative five point one four. Um, in RPM, in offensive RPM, he's 86 out of 90 point guards. In defensive RPM, where you think like, okay, he should shine here, 74th out of 90 point guards. Like he is definitively bad. <laughs> he has a negative yeah. defensive RPM. Uh, defensive win shares, you think, okay, this is a spot where we can we can see his value. He's at a point six. Alex Abrines is at a point eight. Sabonis 1.5. Cantor 1.6. Hmm. Still not good. Like he's just <laughs> not a good. He's not an NBA player. I mean, he's he's doing what he can and awesome. He got an NBA contract. That's great. I think that he did earn it in training camp. I think the preseason he played really well and earned his deal. Uh, but I don't understand playing him twenty minutes. He's not good, and I still think that the only way he's getting in is by raising his hand. I can't think of another reason <laughs> as to why he's getting in the basketball game because he's just he's not providing any value like why not play alex abrinas more minutes uh, i don't get it why not play victor oladipo at the point guard why not just run everything through Cantor? i mean mm-hmm. i don't get it and i especially don't get the russ in him and i really really don't get playing him russ and robertson on the court at the same time along with like a guy like demonis sabonis where it's just like okay russ we're going to give you the worst circumstances possible on offense, and let's just see if you can create. I just think it's like some kind of like sick plan that Donovan has against Russell Westbrook during those moments because it makes no sense. Yeah, maybe he's just trying to stack up the level of difficulty or yeah. something like that, you know, to help his MVP cause or something. Because yeah, I, I agree. There's some of those lineups that are out there. I mean, can you imagine like if Russ is out there, like you said, with Kristen Robertson Grant? I mean, it's just like yeah, good good luck. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So, uh, but I mean, you know, this is part of the roster construction. They are stacked with a lot of defensive guys. People fawn over Houston and all their offensive options. Well, Oklahoma City is just stacked with the defensive options. I can't. I I kind of get it, but. I also go back to, is Norris Cole really that bad? And if so, why not just wave him and go get it? I mean, there's Kirk Heinrich. There's Steve Blake. There's other guys. You know, there was Quinn Cook who was floating around on on 10-day deals who the Thunder had. Did they have him in training camp or did they have him in summer league? Summer league, yeah. Okay. Like, I know he had a connection there. Like, it seems like there are other guys out there that if if you're just not sold on Cole, swallow the contract like you did with Ronnie Price and, you know, find someone else that can actually run that second unit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, uh, Chris, I, I honestly, I, I don't have a good answer for you other than, um, again, kind of what we're told about, you know, Kristen and his supposed defensive abilities. Yeah, they are supposed because he can, he's a fine on ball defender. He's not like elite or anything, but he also gets lost as do a lot of thunder players <laughs> on off ball yeah. and on help and helping the helper. Um, I don't, I just, I don't think he's good. I just, I prove me wrong. If you think that he's good, prove me wrong. Cause I don't see it. The eye test, he didn't pass the eye test and the stats don't say anything good about him either. 
Um, and and it's kind of shocking too. Uh, I don't have him pulled up right now, but if you looked at his D League stats this season, they're like really good. And just to kind of give you an idea on the difference between like the NBA and D League, a lot of times. So. You know, when you see Dakari Johnson doing some strong stuff in the D League, like, hey, let's temper expectations because that could translate to 2.9 points and nice. 2.1 rebounds in the NBA. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Reggie Williams has, is a like D League All Star, but like can't stick on a team. And it's because right. he's just really, I mean, there's just a huge gap between the D League and the NBA. Um, yeah, especially for like more established guys. And Kristen is becoming that kind of guy where he's getting to be a little bit older. Um, this is he's coming out of like his what's supposed to be his development years into like being a real NBA player, and I don't see it. We can stop crapping on him. Uh, I could do it all day. I could do an entire feature podcast about how <laughs> bad Samaj Christian is, but I'll stop now. Um, from at that true talk, Harden the likely MVP now based on how the media tend to vote, but with him having wrist issues, could that change if he rests? I, I don't think it's going to be that that changes anything. Um, I mean, I, I think he could rest the rest of the season. It's not going to, you know, have people go, oh, well, okay, I can't vote for him now. Um, I don't think it'll be that. Um, but, I mean, Russ doing stuff like he did against Dallas the other night is the kind of stuff that people should be taking note of. And I'm saying this as someone who on Twitter yesterday put out there that if my vote was taken right now, I would vote for Harden, and thankfully I put on that asbestos suit beforehand because. <laughs> oh, I bet you got it. I bet you got it. Got a little, good. got a little hot, and I mean it's not. It's not like I said, oh, definitively, no question whatsoever. I was like, this is so tight, and even when I said this is a tight race, I had someone. How could you say it's even close? <laughs> because <laughs> James Harden and the Rockets are really good. So very good. Yeah, and I, uh, and I talked with Zach Harper about it on Monday. And I got a few tweets that, like, whenever Harper said that, he thinks that Harden's got it. Like, people are like, I turned the podcast off. Like, okay, guys. Like, this. Yeah. It's a it's a yeah. valid opinion. Um, and sure. I do think that Harden will probably get it. Uh, but I do think that this might open up a little bit. Like, the Thunder have got to go on a crazy run here um, in order to, for him to get the MVP. I think that, I mean, 50 wins is still technically possible. Um, I would not say probable. I'd say they have like a 10% chance of getting that. They have to go, what is it, like 8-1 and one now yeah. um, to get 50. Uh, but, I mean, obviously Russell Westbrook has a case to win the MVP. He's number one in PER. He's number one in value over replacement player. He's number one in box score plus minus. And in games um, within five points in the last five minutes, so any any crunch time games or clutch time, however you say it, um, they're 22 and 14 while James Harden and the Rockets in that same kind of time is 20 and 15. So like he's providing more value to the Thunder because the Thunder don't have as good of a roster um, in close games and they have been better than what the Rockets have been. So I think like Russell Westbrook's case lies in the fact that he is basically doing everything for this team and they're still being successful uh, with his usage rate just through the roof. I think in, in clutch time, he is his usage rate's like sixty, um, which is mm-hmm. just absolutely insane. Um, but you look, you can look at all his totals during that time. He has the most points during that time. He's up there in the number of rebounds. I think he's in the top five in steals. I mean, he just really shows up when it's time to. Um, and I, th- I think that that's the argument for Russ. That and obviously thirty-seven triple doubles and counting. 
um, are definitely matter in the MVP race. And a lot of people do see it. Like Nate Duncan tweeted after the Mavs game that this is why he thinks that he's the MVP uh, because he's providing the most value. And it all depends on how you look at the team. Some people think that the MVP is the best player on a team that could that could win the title. Well, then Russell Westbrook's not your MVP. Some people think mm-hmm. it's you take a guy off a team, what do they look like? Or you pl- replace them with you know, Jeff Teague, what did the Thunder look like? Well, the Thunder suck if they have Jeff Teague. Um, and clearly, Russ uh, makes them into, you know, a mid-tier Western Conference playoff team. So yeah. it, it's all about how you quantify um, the MVP or, you know, it, it's just all about that. So I think that yeah, Westbrook has a case, but Harden also has just as good a case. Um, it's not. It's not like... We, we can't just continue to say, like, oh, well, here's where Harden sucks. Well, Harden doesn't suck. Like, he's clearly right. awesome. Westbrook's awesome. Yeah. Kawhi's awesome. LeBron James, all awesome. All four, incredibly awesome. And if you have an opinion about one of those that's more favorable than Russ, then you know what? You do. And it's, and it's valid. Yeah. Um, so a couple of things. Um, the the clutch time stuff that you mentioned is very legit, and I've I've written about this. Then look at the shooting percentages between Russ and Harden, um, in in that same five minute you know sample size, um, Harden's shooting plummets in in those situations, whereas you know Russ stays pretty even keel. I, I had another conversation earlier today about you know who has more talent, Houston or Oklahoma City, and so th- this is where. If you stack up Ryan Anderson, Eric Gordon, and I don't know, Trevor Ariza, maybe against mm-hmm. Adams, Oladipo, Cantor, I, I kind of like Oklahoma City's trio better than that. Sure. Um, I feel like what Houston has is they have got, they have veteran guys that fit the D'Antoni system. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, and, and it works very well. But these are also veteran guys that are either at their prime or they're going to start tapering off soon. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the Thunders roster is younger and it is going to improve or it should for the most part um, with, with a lot of these guys and get better. Or there's stuff that they can cash in to get another piece. And anyway, I I think, honestly, Oklahoma City has more talent it's just a little bit probably more unproven and Russ doesn't trust it as much maybe as Harden does with his guys in Houston. Mm-hmm. I, 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 that's kind of how I look at it. I, you know, it's a lot of people try to, are trying to portray this like, you know, Oklahoma city has got 11 D leaguers that are playing with Russ and it's right. not exactly that at all. No, no. And that, I mean, that's just flat out wrong. Um, but we always have to remember that this team was not built for the Russell Westbrook show. Mm-hmm. This team was built to have Kevin Durant on it. And also Al Horford was supposed to be on this team. I don't want to hurt your feelings, (laughs) Thunder fans. But this team was designed for that. And I think that that's kind of why they've been using Victor Oladipo the way they have been, just because they thought that that was going to be his role. Uh, Vic Vic needs to step up. Vic needs to have more of a facilitating role on this team because the Thunder have one facilitator on their team, and that's it. Uh, They need Vic to be that second guy. Um, and if he can be, which I think that he could be, he's proven it in the past. He proved it in Orlando that he can do that. Um, he's at a career low two and a half assists a game. He was at four last season and I think four the year before as well. 
he can be that guy. The Thunder haven't given him that assignment. They haven't asked him to do that. They are still running another point guard with him. Um, so, but I think it's depth and fit when it comes to like the Thunder versus Rockets. I think you're right. Um, and we could see the Thunder surpassing the Rockets in a couple of years. Ryan Anderson may fall off and his deal still mm-hmm. will be a big deal. Um, Eric Gordon has had a really healthy season, but that's been very unusual for him. Um, he may do that going forward. Uh, Lou Williams is an older vet. Um, Trevor Ariza as well. Uh, Trevor mm-hmm. Ariza, how old is he? Is he like 34, 35? He's got to be in his low 30s because he won a championship with the 85 Lakers. Yeah. <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah, he came in the league in 05. He, oh man, he's not as old as I thought he was. Never mind. 31. Why did I think he he's was 35? 31. What is wrong with me? That is so bad. Because it seems. Because it seems like he's been around forever. Yeah, he um, came in the league at 19. I guess that's why. Yeah, with with the Jeez. Knicks. I remember that. Yeah. And they threw him. They just tossed him into a trade with Orlando right. uh, to get Penny Hardaway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, amazing. Yeah. Only oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. That was to get Steve Francis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Franchise. Oh, man. Remember when he and Marbury, they, like got into like the eighth spot and like the Knicks like celebrated and went crazy. And then obviously things just cratered after that. But I remember like confetti falling over all over Steve Francis in the garden after they had like gotten into the playoff picture. So you be you Knicks way to go. That's right. So fun. Yeah. I mean, Ariza, obviously he's not going to fall off all that much at 31, but um, yeah, I mean the, the thunder, they do have a good squad. I, I, I don't like the dismissing of that, but the fit Certainly, you can question that all day long. Um, yeah, because it, it doesn't fit. You can see the spacing doesn't work, um, and that's why Andre Robertson's such a conundrum as well. Yep. Uh, from at Cole underscore Hickson, should Jeremy Grant get get all or at least some of the backup four minutes? Thought it was really interesting, and I still haven't got a clear answer on why Sabonis was a DNP against Dallas. Hmm. And, you know, maybe it was just as simple as Donovan wanted to get a look at Jeremy as the backup four. Maybe it was something that he saw against Dallas that he, you know, thought Sabonis wasn't a great matchup against them at this point in the season. I I don't know, but that's kind of the interesting thing when we talk about when the Thunder have 11 guys that could get rotation minutes and there's not enough minutes to go around. Who's going to get squeezed out? Mm Mm-hmm. Grant brings shot blocking. He's frankly probably the only front court player that really brings that. Um, and he can step out and, you know, hit the three. Um, yeah, it's it's really curious to see. I mean, I, I'm looking at the playoffs, and if, let's say, Todd bumps up to close to 30 minutes a game, I mean, I don't know. Could Does, does it make sense to squeeze out Sabonis potentially and, and use Grant behind him? Yeah, no, I think it does. Um, really in any playoff matchup, I think that Grant has a higher ceiling in what he can do this year because he can defend multiple positions and he's a rim defender and he can also shoot the three. Uh, I'm I'm a fan of Jeremy Grant. He hadn't really gotten a shot uh, since the trade deadline, but they're starting to bring him back in the fold a little bit. And I think that, that he should get the minutes over Sabonis. I'm still a huge Sabonis defender. I think that he's good. I think he's going to be good. But if this team has the goal of pushing a team in the, in the first round and possibly winning a series, then Jeremy Grant's got to play. And he proved that against the Rockets and against the Mavericks because he came in and played positive minutes. Uh, he's not going to kill you on either end, although he's not going to like be great on either end. But 
Um, he he's not going to kill you, and I think that he makes the team a lot more versatile. So I think so. Uh, next question. So we have another question about from at Kablobber on Twitter, <laughs> it, just asking if um, Grant can guard KD better than Robertson. I, I think the answer is no, because I think that Grant, while he's a decent defender, he's incredibly overrated as a defender. I think it's just due to his body type and the way that he moves and his dunks and everything. You think, oh, well, he's you know this long, wiry defender. Uh, he's really not that great on defense. He's got a long way to go, and Robertson is an elite defender on point guards, guards, and wings. So I would much rather have Robertson. You have a differing opinion? No, I pretty much agree with that. Um, from at Michael C. Gilliam, hypothetically, if Atlanta doesn't resign Millsap, should OKC make a play for him? And if so, what would that take this summer? It would take a sign and trade um, because the Thunder are not going to be able to realistically create cap room, not without gutting, I mean, like vast portions of the team. And that's just not going to happen. So, um, yeah, sign and trade is the most likely you know possibility there. I still, you know, we, we've talked about Millsap a lot earlier this season and, and laid out. I mean, he's, what, 32 years old, 32 or 33. Mm-hmm. Um Still an all-star. We talked about the potential fit there. I just feel like the Thunder would be in the market for someone else other than Millsap that probably checks a few other you know different boxes. Yeah, and the Thunder, they have bigs. I think they'd rather they'd probably just keep Todd Gibson if they're going to look for a veteran uh, forward. Yeah. Obviously, Paul Millsap's a lot better than Todd Gibson, but you said they have his bird rights, and that's why they would keep him. Um, they could. They can't just go get Paul Millsap and add him to this team. It's just not possible. He's going to want right. a long, long deal worth a lot, a lot of money. And I think there comes a point where you have to look at these players, like you said, with his age, and say, what does his you know thirty three, thirty four, thirty five season look like? So when he's thirty five years old and Russ is still in his prime, and all these other players are in their prime, you're going to pay. Paul Millsap thirty million dollars to be a guy off the bench, I right? Mean, and that's the, I think the same fears about Blake Griffin. Like I just see like Amari Stoudemire flashing before my eyes when I see Blake Griffin mm-hmm. because of his injury struggles. And Amari Stoudemire, you know, by the time he was thirty, he was pretty much done. Um, and I I look at Blake and I don't want that to be Blake's career, but I think that any team that signs him or Paul Millsap has to be really cautious. And they also have to look at this next year or the year after to be the year that you're going after the title or going after whatever your goal is. If your goal isn't mm-hmm. to, to win the title, it's just to be a solid playoff team that wins maybe a round or two, then yeah, I think you go get Paul Millsap. I think the Thunder, you know, if they could do a sign and trade and that was their goal, then I think that that would be, he would be a great player to fill that. But if you're still wanting to compete in four years, like Sam Presti does want to, you're not going to go get Blake Griffin, and you're not going to go get Paul Millsap. You're going to try to develop Sabonis. You're going to keep Todd Gibson, and you're just going to keep rolling with it and see if you can get lucky with maybe a team that has a superstar that's ready to get rid of them, or you know maybe the Pelicans just crash and burn, and Anthony Davis comes available. Like that's what mm-hmm. that's what you're waiting for. Um, but you're definitely not trying to get the Paul Millsaps of the world just just because of the age difference and the money's just going to be too crazy. Yeah, no, I, I agree with all that. So, I mean, again, 
perfectly fine NBA player, but you're talking about like, you know, team building and uh, organizational. Um, I can't think of the right word. How? Yeah, their their organizational plan, mm-hmm. basically. And so, in, in a lot of ways, you know, Millsap just doesn't meet up with that. So, and Thunder fans, I know, tend to get infatuated with guys over time, um, and then the Thunder go in a different direction, and it seems to turn out okay. So, mm-hmm. you know, even even if that doesn't happen with Millsap, um, you know, there's it's not like that's the only option out there. Uh, from what from at Caleb from what from at Caleb underscore Jones underscore what is your seven to eight man playoff rotation and then what is Billy D's rotation in the playoffs <laughs> um, Billy D's rotation is whatever works at that particular moment right um, yeah I mean I that's the thing we just talked about how this team has got 11 guys i mean billy donovan's got a he's got a toolbox and if i need a flathead screwdriver i've got it if i need a phillips head i need you know i've got that if i need a hammer i've got that um and so that's why i hesitate to like you know lay out some sort of a seven-man rotation because i mean i think billy's gonna play it you know depending on what he thinks is going to work against a particular team i i could tell you that sabonis is going to be in the seven-man rotation and they could meet up with Houston and say, you know what, this he doesn't work against this team, mm-hmm. and we're going to use Grant instead. Yeah, you're right in that. I mean, you just look at what he did in last year's playoffs, and obviously they got to play multiple teams, multiple rounds. Um, and I don't expect that to be what the Thunder do. It just depends on who they play. So if they get the Rockets like they're yeah. seated now, I think you're right. Jeremy Grant's going to be a part of that rotation. If they play Utah, I think the Sabonis may have a better shot of playing against Utah because they like to play mm-hmm. bigger. Um, it's hard to tell. I mean, my if I were to make the playoff rotation, you have your starters, you have Cantor, and you have Abrinas, and then if that, I mean that that would be my seven, um, mm-hmm. and then eight. I, I think that that eight guy could be uh, McDermott. I think the eighth guy could be Jeremy Grant. I think that the eighth guy could be Sabonis. Um, I wouldn't touch any of the other point guards on the team. We've already <laughs> dealt with that. Um, and I would let mm-hmm. Victor Oladipo run the second unit, or I'd run it through um, any other bigs. I'd run it through Sabonis if he's going to play. Obviously, you want to run it through Ennis Cantor. Um, so, the, I mean, that's that's what I would do. But I expect Samaj to play in the playoffs at this point. Um, I can I just I don't see him going away from him uh, when he's playing him 20 minutes against a team that the Thunder should beat and that they're trying to win. I mean, obviously he thinks that Samaj can help them win, so why is he going to go away from that now? Yeah, um, that's that's the thing. The, the The saving grace is that Russ's minutes should go up into the 38-39 range. Mm-hmm. Um, so therefore, there's going to be less time for a backup point guard unless Billy insists on playing the two together. Um, but, I mean, I totally agree. I see a path to stagger. Westbrook and Oladipo to have one of them on the court at all times and then also you know pair them up with Abrinas or McDermott to have some spacing out there and because a lot of this too is going to be valuable playoff experience for those guys yeah. going forward so um, winning around would be I mean that that is exceeding expectations mm-hmm. but don't don't overlook the value on getting these guys in a playoff environment getting them a few games uh because it's going to be next year and beyond where that really comes into play. Yep. Last question from at little bit seventy seven. What up, little bit? 
Okay, the Thunder traded Cantor at the draft, and then let Robertson, Taj, and Collison go. How much cap space would they have, and what kind of what kind of free agent could they go after? So, just before we get into that, if the Thunder do that, that's losing over thirty points in scoring currently, and also you're losing two of your best defenders on the team. You're, I mean, that's gutting the team for just the possibility of somebody, of like a Paul Millsap, which he's not going to fill the gap of those several guys that are leaving. I just think this, before we dive into like how much space it actually is, I just want to say how incredibly unlikely this is to happen. No doubt. So I looked at this the other day. So, I, I mean, I'm going to go through. Let me, oh, no, no, i got to clear him out. Let's clear you out. Uh, that one has to stay. We're clearing you, you, you. Okay. Um, so they could potentially, potentially, if they dumped everyone but Russ, Oladipo, Adams, and then they have to keep the Ronnie Price cap hit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, they could potentially create like $27.5 million of cap room. That's not even enough to get Blake Griffin. No, it's not. You can't clear enough. And if you do, right. then you're you don't have much of a team, and then you're going to have to like get minimum guys, and you're going to have to like really hit your draft picks, and Sabonis is going to have to be really really good next year. Um, I just don't think it changes the team, yeah. the quality of team that they are all that much. Well, in that scenario I mentioned, Sabonis is gone. I mean, I'm talking about <laughs> the four guys left on the payroll are Russ, Oladipo, Adams, and Ronnie Price. Well, that uh, doesn't. That's not a team. Doesn't does not include the 2017 first round pick. So yeah, and, and honestly, it's not even that much cap room because there's going to be empty roster charges um, that go against that. So it wouldn't even be 27 and a half. It probably, I, I think, probably closer to 25. Um, it's just not realistic. And then okay, you want to dump Adams too, <laughs> or dump Oladipo too? You're just right. you're you're making the situation worse. Sign and trade is a more likely, although still kind of far fetched scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, don't discount internal development. People get fixated on winning July with the free agent signing, and I battle this on radio quite a bit with people that are just focused on you got to get a free agent to make the team better. Like the best free agent signing could be what Sabonis is going to bring next season as opposed to this year. What Abrinas brings next season as opposed to this year. Don't discount internal development. That can be better than a free agent signing. Yeah. The Thunder are going to get better the way they've gotten better, you know, since the inception of the Thunder is that they're going to make trades and they're going to draft well. And that's how they get better. Uh, the Thunder are not yep. going to attract a free agent, uh, especially at the level of a Blake or a Paul Millsap. And like you said, even if they could, even if Blake was like, I'm coming home, the Thunder would be like, you're coming home to Russell Westbrook and Victor Oladipo, and that's it. You know? Um, <laughs> and yeah. it's just it just can't happen. Um, so don't put your eggs in any sort of basket that involves free agency. I mean, Gordon Hayward, yes. Gordon Hayward would fit wonderfully on this team. Do they have the cap space? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> they, right. They cannot right. do that. They cannot have these guys. So the Thunder are going to have to make a trade. They're going to have to hope that, like I said, Anthony Davis, uh, Paul Jawar, Jimmy Butler, they're going to have to hope that one of those guys just becomes incredibly discontent, that those teams want young players and not draft picks in return. And then the Thunder have a shot to get one of those guys, um, but if not, then the Thunder, like you said, they're gonna they're going to get better. Second youngest mm-hmm. team in the NBA, 
I'm a still big believer in Sabonis. I think Abrinas can be a lot better. I think Victor can get a lot better than what he is today. Adams can improve. And if they keep Cantor, Cantor can, is going to get better too. He's still under 25 years old. All these guys yeah. are still re, are really good now, but they're going to get better in the Thunder development system. And then just the fact that these guys are so young. So yeah, I think right. that you're I think you're right about that. Yeah. So, um, but again, I know people get get kind of hung up on free agency. But again, you mentioned the, you know, how do you build a team? The draft, free agency, and trades. Mm-hmm. The Thunder two prongs of that is where they focus their attention a team like miami they focus on free agency mm-hmm. and they could they barely care about the nba draft right they have barely cared about it forever unless they get a Dwayne Wade that falls in their lap um but then they focus on free agency and and, and trades because they can they can attract guys in south beach very easily mm-hmm. um los angeles the same thing you know, now they're focusing on the draft lately. That hasn't always been the case uh, with the Lakers because they've been able to, you know, attract whoever they want out there. And then New York, uh, never mind. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> not. Yeah, I mean the Thunder. Like we got a cool Ferris wheel downtown. Like if you want to come check it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean the Thunder. I mean the city matters. Like it just does. And the Thunder are always going to struggle with that. But the Thunder do have a good general manager in Sam Presti. They already have a superstar in Russ. And they're doing what they can to build a contender. They're not there, but they're trying. So um, try not to be too discontent because a lot of teams would kill to be in the place of the Thunder right now. I mean, look at, I mean, the Utah Jazz, like they're good this year, but man, they've been spinning their wheels for a long time. Um, You know, Charlotte, since they've gotten a franchise back there, like they just haven't been good. New Orleans, like New Orleans. I mean, they have a superstar and they have Boogie, but like they are not a good basketball team. Um, so the th- being a Thunder fan is not the worst thing in the world. We are taking a step down as a fan base as far as like contending team down to like mid tier team, but that's still there are a lot of teams that wish that. I mean, the Cavaliers before or after LeBron James left wished that they were you know a mid tier playoff team instead of just this awful team that drafts Anthony Bennett. So. Um, <laughs> Uh, John, thanks for coming on the pod today. We'll listen to you on the franchise, 107.7 here locally. We'll look for your stuff on Bleacher Report. Anything else to, uh, to plug today? Not much else at the moment, no. Awesome. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at DG Podcast. Send us an email, dgpodcast at gmail.com. Look out for those live pod dates here locally in Oklahoma City. We're going to do live shows, um, a live show before the playoffs, and then live shows uh, during the playoffs, uh, we'd like to do watch parties. If you guys want to do something like that, we will have those. And leave us a five-star iTunes review if you're listening to this show and you listen to us every week. It would be greatly appreciated if you take the time just to click five stars. And then if you have some more time, leave us a nice review. That would be great help. And have a wonderful Wednesday. consumed an entire cheeseburger during that time.